Hello, Trash Crusaders. It's your guide through trash cinema, Cayman Darty, and I'm here to fill you in on some special news. The episode you're about to listen to is our first ever mini-sode. These are going to be bonus episodes that we'll be releasing in between our normal Save Trash Cinema episodes. Don't worry, the content you've grown to love and expect is still happening, but we wanted to treat our audience to additional episodes that focus on modern grindhouse and exploitation films, as well as some other short-form content that we will get into later. With that being said, strap in for a rousing good time, and enjoy the show. Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to the first ever mini-sode of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast, where exploitation and exploration come together. It is me, your guide through trash cinema, your friendly neighborhood garbage can, Cayman Darty. And on today's mini-sode, we're putting on our dinner bibs, sharpening our utensils, and preparing to take a bite out of the best new cannibal film on the block, Fresh. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to the meatiest beard in the business, my co-host, Bennett Thompson. Bennett, how are you today? I'm beardless. I've, I've got the the Tom Selleck mustache right now, but I'm beardless. I appreciate that. But the beard is gone. The mustache, however, Dr. Fuzzenstein is satisfied. My God, fresh. Talk mm. about fresh. We will. Before we do, though, let's jump into a little quick housekeeping. We'd love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget, you can also be on the show by emailing us your thoughts and questions to savetrashcinema at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Twitter at Save Trash Cinema or on Instagram at Save Trash Cinema as well. Now, let's jump into a little overview of Fresh. Fresh is a 2022 horror comedy directed by Mimi Cave. We'll want to point out that this is Mimi Cave's debut feature-length film. The film is led by Daisy Edgar Jones, best known from Hulu's Normal People, as well as the Winter Soldier himself, Sebastian Stan. Now, the film follows Noah, played by Daisy Edgar Jones, a young woman trying to survive the world of online dating. She meets the charming Steve at a grocery store. The two hit it off and start a burgeoning relationship. After deciding to take a trip out of the city, things go sideways when Noah is drugged by Steve and finds herself chained in a room. Steve informs her that though she is safe, he still has some nefarious intentions ready to play. Fresh is currently streaming on Hulu. Uh, It is a Hulu original, so you will find it there and there only. The film runs just shy of two hours and is considered certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with an incredibly high 81%. But that's enough about the context of the film. Let's go ahead and jump into what we actually think. Those are huge spoilers, by the way. That was massive spoiler city. That was literally the first 30 minutes of the film. Bennett, why don't you go ahead and give us some initial thoughts? Tell me what you think about fresh. Uh, So... 
again, from a bird's eye perspective, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and give this a 10 out of five. I know I'm getting ahead of myself by giving you how much I feel. I've needed a movie like this. I, I've needed an experience like this. Sure. I've needed, no pun intended, this was fresh. This was the definition of fresh. I didn't think this experience, this just wrap around goodness vibration from a movie was possible. I'd not heard anything about this film. I had not, I'm, I hate watching trailers. I hate spoilers. I'm a little sour right now. You came in, but I, I knew nothing about this film. Uh, we, our, our little horror family decided let's watch a movie. It's Thursday night. We're getting back into our rhythm. And we, we said fresh and I, I knew nothing. And we went into it blind. I, I love watching movies like this blind. I saw two hours and I said, okay, I'm committed to doing this with two of my favorite people on this planet. And just shockingly good. Um, top to bottom good. Cinematography, check. Uh, writing, check. The, the choreography, the fight scenes, check. The, the action, check. The, the pacing, check. Soundtrack triple check, like backflips, caught on fire, flaming piles of checks for the soundtrack. The, the way this movie is scored, check. Top to bottom, this movie was fantastic. Did not feel like two hours. The pacing is magnificent. Again, this feels like a spoiler because I had no idea, but it came in right. It takes 30 minutes before we get to roll credits, and it feels perfect. It That sounds like a long time. You don't recognize how much of this movie you're watching before they drop the, this was just the intro. Super satisfying. Great buildups. Great chemistry between a lot of these actors. Mm -hmm. But phenomenal pacing. Again, yeah. I can't get over that. With a two-hour runtime with a movie like this, they can get very stale at moments where they want you to sit in silence. We can name directors that sure. make you sit in silence. And it, this movie uses silence very, very well because they also use the score and the soundtrack very, very well too. So when it's silent, you're well aware. It's just, it's perfectly well done. I needed this. This was medicine um, without talking about the plot. That's my overall view. This is what I like to see from a film, regardless of genre. I want the music to be good, score and soundtrack to be good, the chemistry between the actors to be good, the acting and the writing to be good, the the places, the sounds, the color, the cinematography, the camera angles, the Dutch tilts, the, the aperture, everything needs to be good for me to say something as superlative as 10 out of 5, man. Yeah. Great, great film. Like, I, I don't want to sound redundant, and I feel like following your footsteps there, I will. Um, but to echo what you said, look, this was fresh, right? It was, but it's it's fresh in a way that still feels somewhat familiar and in a very good way. It was comfortable. Um, yes. That's, that's what's so it's, impressive. It didn't come off as I want to impress this upon you. And they used fake search engines and, and fake applications. Now they they used Google. They made you feel in this world, literally from the first scene. You're you're not cut into you, it's a cold open where she's talking to her girlfriend about a date she's about to go on and she's sitting mm. in the parking lot. And you feel that you, you're there, you're inside the car. It's a very up close shot. Um, 
very close focused. You yeah. feel that intimacy immediately. And it yeah. really helps break that ice and tell you what you're going to expect from how this movie makes you relate to those sentiments that I mean, uh, the people, the characters. Like I can say just from firsthand experience before I met my fiance, I, I, so I was, I dated this girl for a long time. And so I missed that initial like push or surge of online dating. So when I got into having to date again, like I was, it was brand new. The idea of online dating was terrifying to me because I had never done it before. It had been around for years and I had never experienced that. And so going on a few of these dates, which I had in the past, wow. Like they really nail like the awkwardness of like the, the struggle of online dating where you're just going to meet a bunch of really shit people. This date she's a, on, his name is literally Chad. Like you can't, yeah, you, it was a little, write it. it was a little on the nose, honestly, a little on the nose, but what was, would you have called him? We didn't find out his name until after we all said he's Chad. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what works about the joke, right? Is that Modern. his name is Chad, but we don't know his name is Chad until literally the very end of like this sequence where this date just goes absolutely sideways. He's a complete and utter douchebag. Like, like, fuck this guy. And so you're looking at him, he's wearing this scarf and he's, he's like, you're going to pay for your own food. And then he talks about how she basically, she looks homely and he does all of this shit. And then at the end, it's like, in his name, he fits that. That's the point. He fits every metric that makes what we now consider a Chad. Right. He checks all the boxes. And then once the date is on its final coup d'etat, that's when we find out his name is actually Chad. Again, I I think that's a gift wrapped to the audience to welcome you in first scene of the movie. It's a punchline that was much deserved and incredibly well set up. Like it works so well. And I think the thing is in this film is that there are so many moments whether it's the opening sequence where you get that punchline or towards the end of the film. And we're not going to get any spoilers because this movie literally just came out a couple months ago. So we want you to watch it. Obviously you can tell it is fresh, Um, but you know, it's, there's so many callbacks, you know, there's sequences in the film in which they play themselves back in like a polar opposite manner, or they play themselves back as like the juxtapose, the, the opposites and you get those those playbacks as the film goes on and it works so fucking well like it is incredible how well it's done and that's not even to mention you're right it's it's it again it lends to what i said about pacing yeah and the way they develop the characters and and even if you say "Mm, i i see you it it still builds in a way that you can even if you're right it's it, it, it's mastercraft. It's it's yeah. exactly how storytelling should be, especially again, you're competing with everything nowadays. And it's not like this story is that far removed from many stories we've heard before without, again, giving any way spoilers. There's nothing brand new. It's just done really, 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 really well. Mm-hmm. It and I think the reason and someone might ask the question like, why would you review this film for Save Trash Cinema? And the ultimate reason I would give you is this plays to the expectations of an exploitation film. 
Like this is a modern day exploitation film. It preys upon the fear um, of online dating. Whereas a film like back in the seventies would prey upon the fear of like hitchhiking or, you know, it, it, embodies the fears of society the way that films like I spit on your grave from the seventies preyed upon those fears. It talks about modern everyday issues with a lens that focuses in on those fears, focuses in on those taboos, focuses in on these interesting topics that are pretty much hush hush. I mean, we do have, I mean, I feel like in more recent years you have films like promising a woman, which another film I would say is a trash cinema film because it is, you know, Promising a Woman is a rape revenge film. It, it's a modern day version of something like I Spit on Your Grave or something like The Last House on the Left. It, these movies, they, they do that. And the way that this film handles it is the exact same way. It has notes of the thief, the, the cook, or the, the thief, the cook, his wife, and it, or the wife and, the lo- and his, her lover. I'm Get just butchering the title. Yeah, it's a long title. It it's got no. It's got notes of that. Uh, there's moments that feel like uh, there's there's moments of the film that almost give me like hints of like inspiration of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. TCM the, the, hostile. The, yeah, the film is not gory though. There are some sequences that are, are violent, so be aware of that. Um, but those all come at the very end, and they're well done. They're not overly done. They're not too gratuitous or in your face they're well done and the violence plays so well to the film and it's lead up to those moments um but there's like it's it It doesn't leave you wanting though that's that's my point you're not saying oh gosh i wish it would have ended differently I, i wish this character arc could have been wrapped up i wish there was more gore as a horror fan even I was completely satisfied across all fronts. There were no loose ends. It didn't leave me with any hanging questions other than some that might be fun, but nothing with just like a come on kind of question. No, no big cliffhangers, just satisfying top to bottom, good and bad. Uh, The way the story is told, the way the characters have developed, the, the jump scares that aren't just your standard loud noises and turnaround camera shots. It's the, the way the story is told is so phenomenally good, regardless of genre, regardless of runtime. It it feels, I I need to learn more about this. I'm so glad it was, uh, it was female writer, female director. I love that a lot when it comes to this genre where again, without giving too much away, I'm ready to start giving spoilers away, but when you start to realize where the story is going, you have to wonder how comfortable you're going to be. And and there's so many in the history of uh, exploitation movies that we've seen that there, there's a strength when you know that it's written and directed by females. I mean, even, what is it, uh, the Jailhouse Massacre? What, we, what was that one, Cayman? Well, jail, uh, Jailbird? No, the... the was it Sorority House Massacre? There was one that I mean, was there's just a lot of massacres. But one in particular, it was just gratuitous tits and ass. Oh, and Slumber Party Massacre. Slumber Party Massacre, thank you. And But a lot of those were just, that's exactly what they were known for. But there was a power when it was done by women and they were in control. And there's a history of that. Again, if you haven't deep dove in the horror film history in the cinema and they're in that kind of taking control of that, I feel more comfortable 
because again, sure. it, it has some tropes in there that you would expect from the direction that you feel like you're going. And then the rug kind of gets pulled out from you, but it also doesn't become just a, an in your face girl power kind of movie. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm, I mean, I'm all for championing girl power, yeah. but when it's, when any kind of issue is kind of forced down your throat, sometimes it feels a, a little bit like exactly that. This was just so well done. It felt natural. It's very much girl power. And again, yeah. maybe spoiler alert, but without making you feel like you're being force fed. Um, yeah. No, I, you're you're a hundred percent correct. The the film it covers a lot of ground. Yeah, it's it really plays into like the feminist movement in a way that is I mean, you can you can run any film, right? However you want to do it. And um a lot of times in films that try to push a narrative and try to push like there there like there's a lack of subtlety, right? It was like one of my issues with the remake of Candyman was that like with the original Candyman, there was the subtlety of the gentrification and the white savior complex that takes place in a lot of these scenarios. Whereas like the modern Candyman kind of throws subtlety out the window and it, sometimes it works and other times it, it doesn't. And in this particular Time and film, place though, again, I, we, we see a lot of this now, like get out is a fantastic example where yes. I, I think time and place, um, Dog Day Afternoon. I mean, we can kind of do this through the years. Hot button issues make for really good films during that time if, if you catch fire. And Jordan Peele's a great example of that. I, I Part of it is, is exactly that. It's to make you feel uncomfortable. It's to make you kind of face these realizations of how bad this really can be and how culpable some of us can possibly be. And that's that's again part of why I love horror. It makes me uncomfortable in a way that makes me look in the mirror a little bit more. And a movie like this, where directed, written, starring powerful females, that doesn't come off as you know just that in your face. This is the only message that we want to send. It, it feels real. It feels comfortable, and it does send that message. And you deal feel that that connection and that vibe, but it yeah. never feels forced. And having watched movies that feel forced and that are still good and having watched movies like this that feel natural. Again, the writing's mm -hmm. good. You're right about Sebastian Stan. Fantastic performance. Uh, oh my amazing. gosh. I, Sebastian. I honestly didn't realize until you said it at the beginning of this episode that he was Winter Soldier. I know you're going to say that's stupid because I don't know him for anything else. But for the entire course of the movie, I recognized him. Couldn't pick where I recognized him from. Obviously, you knew who he was. You kept saying his name. I did not recognize him until you said that. I loved that, that I, I knew I recognized him, but he played this character so well that I completely forgot anything I mm. might have referenced him towards. He really does perform fantastically well. No, I look, I think that it's to your point. I don't think that Sebastian Stan necessarily steals the show in the movie. Um, I think I, 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 he does. Okay, <laughs> he, he does. does. But I, I, I feel like if I say that out loud, it diminishes how much Daisy Edgar Jones's character of Noah, like she takes majority of the screen time of the film. And I don't think that she's bad at all. I think she was fantastic. It, but that just goes to show how well the Sebastian Stan plays the villain. 
he's charming. He's got that Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, like uh, charisma, that charm to him. He There's some American him. Psycho references in there too. Yeah, Again, he's subtle. Yeah. It's not thrown in your face, yeah. but it's there. It's one hundred percent there. He, you know, there's a scene where he like he's moisturizing his face, like he takes care of his body, and he's he's likable. Like even while he's doing the most atrocious shit that you can imagine, he's still likable. And I think. That, that that works incredibly well because it plays to the fact that there are people out there who are incredibly likable. There are people who are just the most charming person. They're the, they're the light when they walk in the room, but behind closed doors, they are a absolute monster. And he portrays this narcissistic sociopath, but at the same time, he also is he's kind and he treats Noah's character or Daisy Edgar Jones's character. Noah, he treats her with respect and the sort of love and reverence through the whole film. And it, and that's what makes it so like, so creepy. And it, and it adds so many layers and complexity because of the way it makes you think. We talked about right. this a number of times during the movie where as he progresses down the levels of evil, we continue to say, I, I don't know. I think I like him more now. Like he does such a good job of pushing you in that direction. And even though things continue to escalate, you continue to feel connected. It, it's a great role. It's he, he did a fantastic job. They just, I, again, I feel like so much of it is is the overall picture. It's not just what he did. It's not just what the rest of the actors did. It's a combination of how things set up, the writing, the cinematography. Mm -hmm. There there are so many scenes in this movie that would be kind of drawn out by their directors or, or force-fed, especially, again, on the onset looking at a two-hour runtime. I'm already triggered to think, when are we wasting time? When are we really just filling in the gaps? And by the end of the movie, I, I certainly didn't feel like it felt like two hours, but mm -hmm. there was it, it was paced so well that you, you start to realize the direction it's going, but you never really want that gear to turn over. And when it does, the next series starts. You really can kind of block this into a few acts and a prologue. And honestly, the prologue was just magnificent but the way yeah. this movie sets up before it actually gets into the movie honestly i wish this would happen with a lot more movies i should probably make a list but there are a lot of movies where you say how did we get here especially in the horror genre how did we start with this cold open and we we get that it without again feeling like this was ex extrapolating or unnecessary we get that satisfactory introduction to what is really the story that they're looking to tell. And they give you 30 minutes of this magnificence, just pacing, walk you right into the door and hold your hand the whole way. And then you're there and let mm -hmm. you feel like, I feel like I know what's going on. Maybe, maybe this, maybe not, but this is, you get comfortable, you get enveloped into the world. Um, and, you know, the highs and lows of the characters that you're introduced to, especially Noah, the, the main female character arc, where you're you're learning about her struggles with dating. We see her on her first date. And then sure. yeah. we see her randomly bump into this massively connective person who's not overly bearing and, and certainly bashful 
and and playing that up and and we feel comfortable even if we know even if we know this is the game you know there the one thing that i will say at least especially during this setup um is there are a lot of red flags that pop Lots up lots of red that, flags that normally one and we kept saying like jesus christ like come on that's a red flag oh come on that's a fucking red flag oh come the fuck on that and they want us to they want flag. us to see them but, it, but they don't make know, us feel like we're seeing something we should I th- or that we're I keeping think, a secret. I think the, the the reason that that works is, is that we are conditioned from the outside to notice and acknowledge these sorts of issues, these sorts of things that, that one would be like, hey, that doesn't work. But when you're in a relationship with someone, especially early on, you have the blinders on, man. You don't want to see those types of things. You don't want to see those sorts of red flags. You don't want to see you, you look, especially when you've been struggling dating and you're like, Hey, like I will look past some of the shit just to be able to be with someone and just be done with the arduous task of trying to find someone new. And so we overlook things. It plays to that very well. Um, but I want to move on. I want to jump into something else that we had, you had just uh, had mentioned earlier, Ben, about the soundtrack. Mm. The holy mm. shit! That fucking so the soundtrack. It, the soundtrack is like a mix. It, early on, it is a mix of like s- dark synth pop for, that you would see in like some of like the late eighties, early nineties uh, films, like very like L.A. eighty seven. Um, and then as the movie progresses we get like vintage like 80s 70s pop music and it's like it it all it, it plays really well right because it's like Fantastic as we get well. as we get into the more horror part of the film it's like it wants to try to draw us into like a time like an era of like you know, we're getting back like we, you're you're now feeling like you're getting into one of those like one of these older horror films at that point. I think it works incredibly well. What, what do you like? I know that obviously you love the soundtrack. I loved it. I mean, I loved it top to bottom. But again, we're 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 not even through the introduction. And already we've said fire, fire, fire on a few songs. Um, it, it, it's a lot of Canadian indie pop, which is my jam. There's, there's some blood orange. It's, there's some French stuff that's in French and, and a lot of female lead stuff. It, it starts with a banger. It ends with one of the banger of bangers. Like, and it, it's so yeah. satisfying the way this movie ends. And especially the song that it ends with without saying it, I don't want to spoil that moment, but there's, there's comfortable songs that, you know, there's our Richard Marks track where you, you again, it's, American Psycho callback. It's it's not quite Huey Lewis in the news, but there are moments where just like I know that song because I heard it in the fucking dentist chair. Like I, I know it word for word. I can't remember who it was, but I know that song because I heard it when I was getting my teeth drilled. Like that kind <laughs> of elevator music. Yeah. But in the right spots, um, perfect day. Uh, like it, Lou Reed. It, there there are moments where. It, there are some movies that feel like they curate a playlist that just makes you feel like you're just trying to sell an album. And this was like, you really went out of your way to spend the good money on the songs that fit well. And they carry over. There's again, it's a lot of that kind of indie vibe, uh, good artist, blood orange, Lou Reed, astronauts, lady way, like 
there's there's but they fit well and they're mm -hmm. in the right spots and it doesn't cover yeah. everything honestly yeah. just go to spotify and check out the sound you really want to know if this music, movie is down your yeah. pipeline this music fits well it does well i think we've kind of summed up our initial thoughts on kind of what we think about the film so the question is going forward bennett do you think this film helps save trash cinema save this is <laughs> save all kinds of cinema save suspense save drama horror again the, I, I sit here and i realize now after you said it how little gore there is how much it felt like there might have been but really there's there's no lasting images of gore that that just stick with you like like a texas chainsaw or a hostel sticks with you a saw movie sticks with you uh, what sticks with you is the sentiment of the situation and, and the idea and, and the development and, and it, it's such a great film because it doesn't rely on shock value and it relies on that the story building that the character arcs that tie in so well the music the cinematography fantastically written the communication again when you we've all seen enough movies to expect certain things and knowing when to drop a trope and when to lead you on and when to kind of pull the rug back i just thought this movie was just apeshit good top to bottom loved the soundtrack and <laughs> can't keep joking about how good the soundtrack was and how well it fit and loved it great acting filming written I want more of these kinds of movies and yeah. for, for it to completely come in blind. I've not heard anything about this and to watch it with two of my favorite people. Awesome movie. I, I don't see how you could have a bad time with this. There's not a lot of cursing. There's not a lot of nudity. There's not a lot of blood. There's just enough to make you satisfy. feel like, yeah, this is should be rated R not PG 13 kind of thing, but nothing that took it over the top. I, mm -hmm. I negate to say I'd recommend this to my parents, but I'd recommend it to your mom. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. My <laughs> mom definitely listens to the show. Yeah. I'm going to follow up in terms. I, yeah. I definitely think this helps save trash cinema. This is a, a perfect example of like what modern trash cinema should be. Um, it fits that exploitation category. It's, it nails down the horror tropes in a really good way. It's very art house. It's very art forward, but it still embodies those interesting ideas that we don't get anymore. And I think, and you know, that's where a lot of my love of trash cinema comes from is that those movies were inventive, if anything else. And they played to your fears, your the societal fears at the time, and it made you be weary of things. You know, you wouldn't get in a car with a stranger, like, and you saw that on films in the 70s. It was a huge, like, the hitchhiker genre was huge. And, like, this is another one, like, the fear of online dating. And it crushes it, absolutely fucking crushes it. And I think... For anyone who is interested in modern grindhouse, modern exploitation films, fresh is, well, fresh. It's fresh. And there are so I many think, moments that I want to go further into, but it, it just, it sets up so well. I already feel like we've given away way too much if you listen this far and not watch. But it, there are really so many subtle moments from the beginning to the end where you point your finger and say you think you've got it picked, 
whether you do or you don't, and I can guarantee you're going to be right and wrong. It's, it makes you feel good either way. It's, it, it moves you in the right directions, the right ways. You, you never want to throw your beer at the screen. I don't know, man. I like throwing beers at screens just for the hell of it. But so do I. But this movie doesn't make you want to do that. Is that good? Fair. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Like I said, this is a mini so We're keeping these. We're keeping these short, just to give you some. Was that some, short? Some brief, brief reviews of some modern day trash cinema that you might be interested in seeing. Uh, but if you've enjoyed the show. Look, please rate, review, share the hell out of it with your friends and loved ones and worst of enemies. Honestly, word of mouth is key here at Save Trash Cinema, and we aren't beggars. However, I do want to say, as always, fuck Keith. Fuck Keith. Are you serious? Man, fuck that guy. Is he now, Keith? If you're interested in video games, why don't you check out our main podcast? It's going to be the Spotlight Games podcast on all of your favorite streaming services. We also have a YouTube channel for that. So don't be a heathen and watch us banter about video games there. In the meantime, you can follow me at Kid King. Bennett doesn't have a Twitter account yet, but we're going to force him to lower his. I do. It's like 30 years old. I have a Twitter account from before the internet. I well, just don't you know. Use it fine that's fine I well an early influencer during the the coal mining era and i just gave up on twitter you can check out our main podcast spotlight games podcast on at spot games pod on twitter and at spotlight games podcast on instagram if you want to be a part of the show or if you have movie recommendations on films you think we should cover on some of these minisodes uh please reach out to us you can do so by hitting us up at our email at save trash cinema at gmail.com or Save trash cinema on all of our socials. But as we do at the end of every episode, remember fight big box office, save trash cinema. <laughs>